0: This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthWorkerCollective.com
1: Welcome to the Youth Ministry Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy, and I am joined by some fantastic youth workers that are, are going to help guide us through how we look at confirmation after it's over. Before we get into that subject, let's just kind of introduce ourselves. We'll start with you, Sam. Can you tell us who you are and where you're serving?
2: I'm Sam Halverson. I'm Associate Director of Connectional Ministries in the North Georgia Conference, which basically just means I'm a consultant and resource person for the churches in North Georgia in the area of youth and young adult ministries.
0: Um, I... I'm Audrey Wilts-Malvez. I work with youth and uh, an adults at Plymouth Park United Methodist in Irving.
3: Scott. I'm Scott Meyer. I'm the Director of Student Ministries at McFarland United Methodist
4: Church in Norman, Oklahoma. And Chris. And I am Chris Wilterdink, Director of Young People's Ministries Program Development in the United States for the Young People's Ministries Office at Discipleship Ministries, which is in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Okay, so confirmation, there's so many layers that is important to think through and talk about when we talk about confirmation. But, you know, after confirmation ends, how do we evaluate what happened? And I know that everybody has kind of a slightly different way they do confirmation. Some people do it for a year. Some people do it for half a year. Some people just do it for like six weeks. But regardless of those specifics, what do you look for when you're looking back on, on this most recent class of confirmands that have gone all the way through to the end? What do you start thinking in when you're trying to evaluate the success of, of how you did confirmation this year?
3: Jeremy, one of the things that I try to do is set some goals for the confirmation Mm -hmm. class before we start. And so we're in a a church setting that we have a lot of kids that come out of the woodwork to go to confirmation and we never see them again. And so if I have a group that is all newbies to the student ministry, then, you know, maybe my goals are a little different than... Like my current class that is mostly kids who've been around a lot and they're really close-knit and so i've found myself the last couple of years really working hard to set down okay what is my goal like for instance this year those kids that are really active i've been trying to spend some time with them one-on-one along the way asking them you know what are you learning what are you experiencing what is helpful Um, what questions do you have that you aren't getting answered in the confirmation process in terms of faith and you know, how you view God, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then the other thing is we we break our group up into into small groups, and we have adult mentors who lead those small groups, and I do a lot of feedback with them, usually three times during the year. One is sharing my goals at the beginning of the season of confirmation, touching base with them somewhere midway, and then at the end, asking them to fill out an evaluation, because they're really the frontline people. They're hearing mm-hmm. what the kids are saying and are reacting to the different questions that are coming up that maybe we didn't cover in the, in the teaching part of confirmation. But I think that beginning, knowing where you're going and or, or where you want to go, is really helpful in evaluating at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good. I'm wondering from everybody else, what do you feel like uh, is that initial goal or or goals for confirmation? Um, Where should people kind of be focusing their energy? I I like
0: to approach confirmation with the idea of like, are they going to have critical thinking skills and the tools and the basic foundation of like basic theological concepts Mm -hmm. so that as they get older, they can use that those theological concepts to kind of figure out where they stand and what they think mm-hmm. and kind of develop their own, their own understanding of God. And so that's kind of where I, my goal is to just make sure that my students, by the end of confirmation, that they have some skill set to further their own faith development, whether that looks like attending church or not, because we, the reality is some kids won't ever step back into the church until right. Senior Sunday. But I want them to have the tools to develop their own faith.
1: That's good, Sam, you're about to say
2: something a lot of what she said, um, <laughs> but I really like Audra, what you'
0: you're
3: saying
2: because it did help me to you know as I was thinking of this i was I was struggling with that whole idea of so many confirmation students who don't continue after they're confirmed, you know they come out of the woodwork, they take the class, and then they are not there again, and how many of how many times I had made it one of my goals to get that kid active in the youth ministry while they were at confirmation and then felt like I had failed on so many accounts with so many of those students. So I, I really appreciate that your goal wasn't necessarily to get all those kids active, but rather okay. and the tools, because really for some of them, their parents have already told them, you just have to go through confirmation then I won't make you right. do anything else. And so the kid has already got that in their mind, but, if you give them the tools and the, the knowledge, they're there. Let's teach them that they have this convenient grace that has been going on in their lives already, that God has been involved, whether they even knew it or not. It's certain basic things that I want them to know before they skip out again, because I do think that those are some seeds that are planted for later on.
1: Yeah. So those goals are, are good, but I, I'm curious, you get to the end of it now. And hopefully you did kind of think through those at the beginning. How do you how do you know if you succeeded? Like how do you how do you come back at the end of that and say, yes they learned these things, yes they have these tools, or no they they don't.
2: One of the things that I look for is, and it, and it may not be quite in the tool category you're talking about, although I, I guess a little bit is making sure that each student, each confirmand is connected in a Faith mentorship with in a in a good helpful creative uh, faith mentorship with an adult church member. Right, uh, we do that all the time in my confirmation. But what I'm talking about is a relationship other than just that confirmation period. But somebody, uh, at least one, but it would be helpful if it was at least three significant adults in the congregation who know him by name, who are committed to pray for that kid. Who I want that student to know that when they come in the sanctuary from now on if that adult is there, that adult will go out of his or her way to walk across the sanctuary to greet that student. I want, I want oh. that student to have that kind of confidence. How do you make that happen? Mm. As a youth minister, I need to know the adults in my congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think too often we youth ministers focus on just the youth and their families. And it's no wonder that our kids don't connect with the greater church. Right. When they get out of high school because their youth minister hasn't helped them to to develop those relationships. So I need to I need to go to the UMW lunches and I need to go to the hospital visits and, and the sit with the different folks at the tables at the fellowship dinners so that I can know some of those stories and I can introduce those youth to those adults. Yeah.
3: I think it's also important to know your clientele. And so if your your clientele are the students and the small group leaders or mentors or whatever you call them to know them well enough that you're, you're asking them questions at the end, <clears throat> whether that comes through a, a survey that you create or just sitting down and having one-on-one conversations, you know, hey, what are three things you learned from confirmation? Or sometimes in our small groups, what we've done is given an end of the year sort of assessment. And it might be, you know, okay, come up with three things that you've learned that you didn't know before, or mm-hmm. come up with three questions that didn't get answered as a part of confirmation that you wish we would have covered.
4: But and one of the
3: things with confirmation is it's it's one of those that we think we all sort of have this love-hate relationship with. Right, we have to do right. it. And it's sort of a requirement. You know, the ability to be really creative sometimes is, is limited. And yet what I've chosen to do is look at it as this is a tremendous opportunity to be in front of a group of kids every single week for a given period of time. And i get to watch their development but i have to make sure that i'm also asking them questions and so i think mm-hmm. going directly to kids the other thing too is is asking parents when you drove home after confirmation on given nights what was the conversation if the conversation mm-hmm. was about soccer we failed right. if the conversation was about something you learned that night at confirmation or you know the kids got in the car and they had more questions than they talked about anything else mm-hmm. that you know then we have succeeded but to have, you know, very pointed things and ask those people who are invested in confirmation the appropriate questions to get some response.
4: Yeah.
1: Chris, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious about um, the curriculum side of things. So most of the people that I know use some sort of or piece of um, a curriculum to kind of run their content part of their confirmation. And so when you get to the end of the year, how do you go about evaluating the curriculum itself, like the the curriculum that you used or the parts of it, how you used it, all that kind of stuff? How does a youth worker do that?
4: Uh, That's a really great question because there's a a ton of really good resources that are out there. And you know as well as I do that... Almost everybody will kind of take them and um, chop them up into little pieces and try to fit them to their context. And I, right. I think that's one of the really important pieces is uh, you know looking at the curriculum that you chose, and then figuring out a way to ask youth, ask parents, and even involve church leadership. You know, ask your senior pastor in the confirmation curriculum that we used this year. Uh, did it help make the young people in this class feel like they are connected to our church, and help them understand? that they're on a journey of faith towards becoming world-transforming disciples of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, a basic survey with the kids, I think, is a great place to start. Did you like it? Did you find it easy? Was the time commitment the right amount of time commitment for the work that you did in between when we met, you know, whether you were doing a class model or like a mentor model? If you were using mentors and prayer partners, talking with them about you know, did the curriculum seem to make sense to you? Did it help you build a relationship with this young person? And then for the uh, senior pastor or the other staff that you're plugging your youth into as part of confirmation, did the curriculum do a good job of meeting what the senior pastor sees as the needs of the community or the congregation yeah, itself? Yeah, that's huge. I think are great places to start.
1: Yeah. And and I think the the other thing for me is to uh, ask some questions some sort of logistical questions from volunteers, uh, whoever the other adults besides you are engaged with it, you know, how much time did it take you to prep? Like I had one thing that we used for a while and and I had a really intelligent volunteer come and say, you know what? I have to have a dictionary open (laughs) when I'm preparing. And he's like, he's like I think I may need a sort of remedial course from you before next year. And it just turned out that the, The curriculum had all kinds of really stupidly big theological words that were unexplained. Mm -hmm. So asking some of those logistical questions, I think is good. And then for us, sometimes confirmation, you've got a really creative confirmation leader that brings in outside stuff. And that can be both good and bad. But when it's good, uh, we like to try to keep a, a running list of that stuff and say hey look here's any if you want extra stuff or something doesn't feel right these things have worked really well on this lesson for other people so kind of kind of crowdsourcing some of that
4: i'd love to sneak back a little bit to some of the comments that uh, sam and scott and Audra made earlier because i think one of the other things to pay attention to if you've been around for several years you know we, we talked about evaluating the youth and a family's experience and i also think we started to mention you know evaluating what the church can do
1: yeah yeah um,
4: and i i just want to lift up that one of the things that I would really want to pay attention to after a couple of years is, how is my confirmation program affecting my church's ability to recognize youth as a part of our community of faith? Mm, that's good. Um, Sam's got a really awesome book called One Body, and, and it's about the the full integration of youth into the body of the church. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be interesting to take time in confirmation to think about, you know, how is this program preparing the adults of our congregation yeah. to recognize this new group of sort of spiritual adults. Because when they take those confirmation vows, in theory, right. they're full mm-hmm. members of the church and then can be treated as such, you know?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sam, where can we find that book? It used to be on Amazon, but if you go to Amazon now, you're, it's going to cost you about $1,000 to buy that book. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm fine with that because, you know, that would all, I don't have to sell like one book a year. So, but. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but I think you you're still to, available on um,
4: the Youth Cartel, right? Yeah,
2: you go to the youthcartel.com. What happened was Youth Cartel found that they would, they could sell them cheaper by selling them themselves instead of right. going through Amazon. So if you'll go to the youthcartel.com and just search one body, um, yeah. it's right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good site. I've really enjoyed a lot of the yeah. they've put out.
2: Um, and they have, on all of their curriculum, you can um, get a free download of the first session so you can try it out and, right. and not spend a bunch of money. Kind of piggybacking on what you had said, Chris, it did make me think about, especially in Confirmation Sunday, the, the day that, that they are confirmed, how does the church do that? What, what kind of message is sent? For a while, for a number of years, I was at a church that always did that on a separate time. They did it on a Saturday night which the reasoning was we have too many people. We fill up the sanctuary when it's Confirmation Sunday, so we have to make room for them, and we want to be able to focus only on the students. But what happened was the only ones that would come to that were the parents and family and the students, and the rest of the congregation then right. had no part of that. It was wonderful when they moved it to a Sunday morning. Uh, it was much more of a congregational celebration. All right, does anybody feel like there's something we missed uh, when we're talking about
1: evaluating the whole confirmation process after it's over. You know, we haven't talked a lot about the service itself and the mm. the sort of celebration at the end. There is obviously a, a liturgy to it. There's a kind of structure mm. for it. And yet I've been in different churches and it can look really different and be full of life. And sometimes it can just feel <clears throat> excruciating. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think especially mm-hmm. as youth workers finding a respectful way to not completely let go of that moment, as far as evaluation and change and input, mm-hmm. uh, having a sort of evaluatory meeting with whoever it is that leads that service in, in your context, whether it's the senior pastor or an associate pastor, to, to try to kind of, you know, just say, what well, what, what was good? What could we improve? Because it is such a huge opportunity confirmation is, is one of those things that it is a task that has to be done and and sometimes I feel like talking to youth workers that you sit down to do confirmation and well what do you do and and oftentimes you feel like kind of you're alone in that process. Um, we don't want you to feel like that when you when you get online to work we want you to know that we've got your back with games and ideas lessons all of that at youthworkercollective.com. And more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast.